Hello, hello. There you go. There we go. Yeah. We're, uh, we had some monitoring issues. Yeah, it was... Um, a stupid button. error. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a button. But uh, I mean, I've gone... I mean, you haven't. Maybe you have. Not so much I have, though. When uh, Adam would run it, it would be like a switch, and we would work on it for an hour and a half, and Adam couldn't figure it out, and then it would be like... Well, because oh. that man has more hardware than he has software at the end of the day. And this that is true. Shit's, yeah. You know, most times, if you know what you're doing, it's a big plus, but... If you're doing something real simple like a podcast, it's gonna fuck you up real yeah. good. Overthinking, underthinking, and it's just you have one thing go wrong in the loop, and then you're donezo. This is true, yeah. So not so not so much Adam's fault. Me, I'm just a pleb. But yeah, uh, so that seems to be working, firing on all cylinders. I apologize ahead of time uh, if you could hear. It's only Sunday Philadelphia going off in the background because my wife and Gabe's woman are watching it, and she doesn't stop. She just goes through stuff and she just plows through she it. Just plows and plows, huh? Yep. She just gets goes through shows and she can't help herself sometimes. But it is what it is. All right, Gabe. Are you ready? Oh yeah. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids podcast, episode number 127. One, two, and a seven. Yeah, we are back on a hot day on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, I'll take that toastiness because we had some weekdays here where it felt like like late September, early yeah. October. It felt fall, man. It had that like chilliness in the air. I was like, damn, we're approaching Halloween. Yeah. But it just hit August. Yeah, so August is here. Uh, first podcast of August. So that's excellent. You know, Gabe, we are strolling on like the four-year anniversary of this podcast coming up next yeah, month. Yes, September, right? Yes, sir. I think 15th is when the pod being got that's launched. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Ah. So, um, yeah. So that's coming up soon. I don't know what we got planned, but I'm sure we'll think of something. We got a couple months to think about it. I, I guess I still, I know I know I'm going to say it and it's going to be put out in the ether and I'm never going to do it, but I would like to start putting up posts of like greatest hits, like clips mm-hmm. on, on YouTube or something like that, but I don't have the time to do that. Yeah, we got to sit down and figure that out. Yeah. Maybe uh, contact Dan. Yeah, <laughs> go, get through the archives. and. I mean, know. we got at least 127 hours worth of content. Yeah. Not including the bonus episodes, not including if an episode goes over an hour. Yeah, so minimum. Yeah, we, we, we spent a lot of time talking on the internet, but that's okay. That's what we do. That's what we signed up for. Gabe, buddy old pal, how was your week? Good, man. Uh, it was Madison's birthday yesterday. Ooh. So we went out. The original plan was to go to the beach in the morning, but Lollapalooza is going on. So we said, fuck it. Don't want to deal with that traffic. Fuck that. Don't want to deal with all that hullabaloo. Uh, so took care of some errands in the morning. Then we went to Medieval Times. It was the first time going. It's pretty fun. It was my second time going. Uh, yeah, man. It's always a good experience there. A little bit cheesy, but you know that's what you get. That's part of the deal. Yeah, that's part of the deal, man. And then we went to a really cool fondue place afterwards and got a whole four-course meal. Ooh, that shit was wild. Good. Yeah, it was really good, man. You think you know cheese, and then you go to a place where it's like this is a four cheese blend with this grounded is, pepper. Yeah. So we had like the appetizers, which is like bread, apples, baguettes, basic stuff. Then we had a salad afterwards, and then third course was like all these meats. So they give you like a broth of your choice, and we chose this crazy like moho Caribbean broth. They gave us like a whole plate of shrimp, uh, some steak, some teriyaki, pork. Uh, vegetables and all that stuff and you dip it in you cook it for like a minute or two and you bring it out and it's all like fresh and stuff and then for dessert they give us a fondue thing of chocolate and they gave us like a plate of rice krispie treats blondies 
um, and all that stuff. And the chocolate melt was really fucking good. And so you think blondies are great on their own, but holy shit, man, you dip it in here. It was like totally different experience. Wow. It was excellent. Yeah. Where was this at? In Downers Grove. It was called the melting pot. Melting pot. So if you got like a wedding anniversary or a birthday or something coming up, check it out. Yeah. That might be the play. That sounds interesting. It's really good, man. It was worth every single dollar. I've never had fondue before. Was this your first experience? Yeah. It was my first time going. Um, The fondue itself was like the appetizer let's call it or it was like the nice thick cheesy blend of stuff but then it was like a real dinner so it wasn't like you just fill yourself up on cheese and snacks it was a full four course meal interesting very cool so how would you rate your experience overall five out of five. Oh yeah i i already told like the guys i was like it's five out of five and we're only half of the way in excellent it was yeah it was phenomenal man it was a little bit pricey but you know anniversary how, birthday or something how, how much it cost you per head uh, for the per couple thing, it was like 92 bucks. Oh, it's not so horrible. And I, I gave the dude a fat tip cause he was really good. He was real nice. And I was just like, I don't care. You get to have a fucking 30% tip. You can have it. Very cool. He earned it. Nice. Very cool. So yeah, that's, that's cool, man. That's a, that's a new experience. How was your week? My week was, um, like I said, we had some new technology rolling out at work mm-hmm. on the training front. I don't want to get into the details about that. Uh, but so like timing isn't, was like of the essence and it was like very important to get the timing down for what we normally cover and added on this new technology aspect of it all. And, uh, it was very stressful, spent a lot of time in the office and I don't really like that. Um, yeah, new things are always very stressful. Yeah. And troubleshooting and make sure everything works and, uh, having somebody from corporate come down, look over it. And then we're going to have like a whole team of corporate come down this week to like, like double check to finally, you know, get, cause now we're past all the kinks now, theoretically, you know, um, I ever tell you when a uh, corporate came down uh, when we were both working at UPS? No. And they had essentially they had a manager training session and they came around to our areas and stuff. Oh, okay. And um, uh, I think I think we had Josie or it was like the tail end of the Josie era at that time, and he was like salt them like you know if you don't know what a salt is it's like you throw a package that doesn't belong in the trailer and see if they catch it. Yeah. And um and so you know I had one of those managers that was like yeah man I know my shit blah blah I've been with this company for like fifteen years you know uh-huh. nobody can flex on me, and so you know I, I threw a package in there that didn't belong and he didn't catch it, and so look at me a guy that's been there for two years catching a dude that's been there for fifteen years yeah. pulling down his walls and being like what is this yeah so you know I kind of co- took him down a couple notches and it that's good worked out in my favor because he was international so I'd never have to see him again nice but I, I was never, like I was like yeah, yeah man you come on my area you make sure you're working. My way. Yeah, my correctly. Way. I agree. I just thought it was super funny. My uh, my favorite experience from that scenario, that circumstance, because like you said, they would regularly have new full-timers come in and like check out the building and have some presentations or whatever it may be. Uh, yeah, in the Josie era where, um, <laughs> uh, you know how they had the sensor across on the belt on the secondaries? Yeah. So if you cross the sensor, it would shut the belt off because they fearing that people would might fall onto the belt and go mm-hmm. for a ride. Well, the belt, I think it was maybe... 18d one kept on going down i'm like what the fuck why does he keep going down they keep on calling it out i'm on the 18d two side so normally i'm not really stressing about it but why i'm like he's, he's not taking any flow what the fuck's going on so i went up there and one of the guys was up there with his leg oh on, my word on a diverter i'm like bro get your leg off the. he's like why i'm like there's a sensor you're stopping the belt you're tripping it you're tripping <laughs> the belt bastard and he felt like a moron so yeah but like it's, it's just a matter of like I mean, I don't give a fuck who you are in your hometown, but in my land. Yeah, yeah. man. Everybody has recommendations and they have, oh, you should try this, blah, blah. It's like, well, how about uh, you listen to the guy that's been here for, 
you know, the entirety of the fucking year and longer. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. You, you take your shitty strategies back to Oklahoma. I mean, I mean, like I said, some of that stuff is valuable, but, like, you're not going to tell me how to run my app. It's just not how it's, especially when I'm running it effectively. You're especially gonna, when they come from super small buildings, and this is the second largest UPS in Northern America. Yeah. So, there's that. Yeah. But we, we should have a UPS episode, man. Just get some of our uh, former managers yeah. and stuff on here. That would be fun. <laughs> we should get Josie on here. That's just going to go downhill real quick. Uh, yeah. He's going to say some shit. Definitely. <laughs> All right. So, we're going to go ahead and hit up this agenda. All right. So, uh, let's go ahead and get started. So, uh, one of the bigger uh, bigger news or bigger pieces of news that was rumored to come out of uh, SDCC is um, Abrams. Jar Jar Abrams. Jar Jar Abrams um, potentially hop throwing his hat in the ring to do not just a Superman, which is what I put up here, but also a Green Lantern film. So, wow, so he's going to save three IPs in the span of a couple of years, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, I guess that was kind of the big rumor, and everybody kind of had a mini meltdown over because, you know, J.J. does good work. So... Uh, What's your opinion? Um, well, I, I want to touch a little bit on the Star Wars stuff because, you know, at first we were like, oh, J.J. Abrams, blah, blah, blah. But now we're kind of like, yes, please bring J.J. Abrams back. Right. We're gonna, not going to dive into that talk because, you know, that's a December chat for this year. For sure. Um, but I think he does quality work, man. He did some good stuff on Star Trek and Superman's been in its dying throes, unfortunately, for the past couple, for the past decade, if we're being honest here. Superman just hasn't been appealing to most comic viewers you know what i'm saying yes sir i think the best superman thing to come out in the past 10 years was that kill bill speech where it's like uh i can't remember his name bill herder bill was like saying like yeah you know well <laughs> when superman puts on the disguise he's not superman he's clark kent yeah he, his real persona is superman yeah that's probably the best thing we've gotten out of superman in the past decade maybe Ouch. longer yeah and you know i think that's sad that you don't even want to debate that yeah yeah so I'm not gonna i think he's gonna it. do it justice I think he's going to do Green Lantern even more justice because Superman, you know, you still had a following. Yeah. But the last Green Lantern shit has been kind of bad. To be fair, <laughs> kind of hitting off what you hit off as far as me debating it. I'm the wrong person to debate that. <laughs> I mean, you're you're pro Superman. I, you're more pro than I am. Yeah, probably, that's probably true. But yeah, yeah. I'm saying. But, but like, yeah, Superman is just not appealing anymore. Yeah. He used to be the go-to guy. He used to be your superhero. Well, the, the problem with that, and this is like a philosophy thing on Superman, um, while we do kind of understand his kind of deeper issues with, like, how the world works and his ultimately he's afraid to be alone, um, we can understand that, but we can't relate to any problem that superman may have because he is super well, well well here's the thing even at the end of the day looking past all this stuff like yeah um you know some writers took some creative liberties and they did write him a proper good backstory with some really good villains actually right yeah um at the end of the day there's nothing wrong with vanilla ice cream but it's still vanilla ice cream mm -hmm. you know it's a good backup to have to get when you don't know what you want but why would you take that when you got something like butter pecan, when you got cookie monster, when you got toffee, you, you have all these crazy, nice, fun flavors of ice yeah. cream that just tickle your fancy some more when vanilla at the end of the day should just be your fallback. It should be your, your, your baseline. You're safe. Yeah. You're safe. This is true. I don't know, man. I well, think that's the issue. Yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of hard to make Superman relatable and that's kind of part of the whole problem. But I think if anybody could kind of uh, bring this back and bring it all around, I think Abrams is the guy. Him or Tarantino. <laughs> well, um, Abrams definitely could bring it all around and make us put Superman back in the good graces of all comic book nerds and or movie people. Uh, same thing with Green Lantern. Um, Can we get Brightest Day, Blackest Night already? Yeah. Even well, if it's animated? I would really like to just get a Green Lantern movie under the belt that isn't complete trash. 
Yeah, I <laughs> second that. Opinion. Yeah, let's try to get that going, and then we can worry about tackling. Probably his most popular was well, well written best, story. Yeah. yeah, his most well written easily story. just incorporate everyone. Yeah, DCU. It'd be kind of hard to do that, but yeah. So moving along, I mean, this is something that will probably be thirty seconds worth of talking worth, but. Uh, Avengers, kind of, sort of, well, kind of, they did break uh, the new box office record. We have a new box office king on top of the list. We all kind of knew it was inevitable, uh, kind of like Thanos. But, um, you know, we all knew it was going to happen. And uh, Disney happened to be like, oh, we happen to have, find a you know a couple million dollars laying around that we didn't account for. So we're just going to have to assume that's, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, it's, uh, if, you know, end I mean, related. We, we all kind of saw this one coming. Yeah. It's, uh, it's big news. Congrats to the Russo brothers and all the actors and actresses that, partook in the Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I think they it was a rightful, you know, thing yeah. to happen. It's not like it's a total left field movie that took the world by storm and no, this was ten years in the making. Yeah. Definitely. And um I'm curious to see what James Cameron and Avatar two clap back with. Yeah, you would think uh you know, you can't I get why Abrams would not Abrams. Oh my God, Cameron would be. Um, I don't want to say upset, but like kind of disappointed that you know his reign of terror is over on that. Well, front. he has more movies on that list yeah. than Disney does. Yeah, so they may have number one, but he has two, three. What was three? Titanic. Titanic. Yeah. Three, so he has two, three, and some. J, um, Jesus Christ! Yeah, there I go. Uh, Cameron is winning the number game. Yeah, absolutely. Out of sheer quantity on there. Yeah, and uh, that's what I'm saying. Like you know. He'll be fine. <laughs> he, had a, he had a great run, though. Uh, what was it? Ten years? Or just about ten years. Yeah. Ten years. 2009, 2008, maybe? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. yeah so ten years. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I still stand by my point that the first Avatar movie is the movie you put on when you get a brand new fancy ass TV. Yep. Nothing can really beat that out. Yeah. Because, um, you know, Endgame can serve the same purpose, but tonally it's a very different movie and a very different approach. This is something you'd want to watch as opposed to something that's running on a demo at Best Buy. Well, that's the, well, that's what I'm saying. Like you would th- when you think Avatar outside of the fact that it was a fun movie, I enjoyed it, but you know, it was more of the technical Marvel and what they accomplished that was the big talking mm-hmm. point of that. Um and like you said, it's like perfect demo for your new TV or like you see it in all of like the the TV commercials or the Blu-ray commercials that hey, this is always the video that they show because Avatar is I think you know, if you buy a 4K TV like a nice one, it, this movie should just be bundled in with it. Yeah. I think that'd be a phenomenal promotion. It's like, "Hey, buy this Twenty thousand dollar, it well they're coming out with eight K TVs now. Yeah, we're at that point. It's like get a free copy of Avatar in eight K. Yeah, it'd be like the Wii Sports of uh, <laughs> TVs. What TV other giveaways. standards? It was uh, when PlayStation had that promotion for Battlefront. You buy a PlayStation, you get Battlefront. Yeah, there's that. There's definitely that. Um, so you know, congratulations to the 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 Avengers guys. Yeah, phenomenal work. They've done a great job. Obviously, we knew it was coming. Um, especially with the re-release that they did where they were kind of like last grasp because they really really wanted it. Disney really wanted that, so they got it. So that's excellent. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how long will it be another 10 years, will it be longer, will it be less? We'll see. Because yeah. we do have Avatar 2 kind of creeping around the corner, nothing big out of it yet. Yeah. But I'm I'm sure with this Cameron's going to be like, let's fucking move. Yeah, he's like, we got to we got to move some product here now, now guys, which I'm sure it, it'll be in the, in the list. It'll definitely be in talking. I don't know if it'll break it so quickly, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see because it is what it is. So good stuff. You put this one on here and I was surprised because we got some more Gears talk later, but run me through what's happening. So uh, apparently uh, they want to make a Gears of War movie. Now, I've mentioned this previously in another podcast in the past that um, I was never a Halo guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halo was never the game that made me want to get an Xbox. It was always Gears of War. Yeah. Always, always, always. Uh, I don't know why. Just the style. It appeals to yeah, me. You'd love it, man. It's such a good story, too. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. 
Uh, so, would what, you see the cast list? Uh, yeah, I saw uh, people who are potentially te- cast as the role. As well, the, quote unquote, they're rumors at the yeah. moment because I saw the list as well. You did? Yeah. So, uh, the, I think the two ones being uh, Dave Bautista. As Dom. As Dom. And Terry Crews. As, as Coltrane. Coltrane, yeah. Those are the two names, the big names that I saw. Uh, do you know anybody else off offhand? No, not off the top of my head, but my he- here's my issue. I think uh, Dave Bautista would make a great Dom. I think he'd make an even better Marcus, the main character. He just has, he fucking looks like Marcus, for fuck's sake. Put a do-rag on him and give him a Lancer and it's, yeah. it's game over. Um, the, also, the other contender, the voice actor that does Cole... Um, he looks like fucking Cole. So if you can't get Terry Crews, just get the voice actor. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, those two casting choices are really good. I'd love to see a Gears movie. Um, Gears, man, I fell in love with that series when I got my 360. That was like, I think, maybe the second game I got right after Assassin's Creed. Yeah. And it was like, wow, it just absorbs you into it. It, It's not crazy in-depth, at least what the first couple of games presented, but it presented in such a manner where it was totally believable. Everything made sense in context of the world. The characters were grossly likable. The enemies were just fucking hideous, and it felt so righteous sawing them up with your machine gun chainsaw thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I will say this. um, This is kind of maybe harping on why maybe it appealed to me. One of the best TV spot video game trailers of all time was the the Mad World Gears Two? Yeah, it was the Mad World where he was running through kind of like his world. Yep. And they had the Mad Shooting World. At yeah. Him. yeah, that was ridiculous. The, the Mad World song, and at the end there was the big fucking creature, and it was just like, well, Gears of War Two or whatever. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Mar- Microsoft does their marketing yeah. properly, at least for the bigger IPs. Absolutely. So, um, I think it's gonna be interesting. I think Gears would be a good property to translate into moot film. I think it could be a good one. Um. I get wondering how far they'll go with the violence. I'm kind of looking forward to that. See what happens if I mean, it. Gears is pretty well known for its violence. Yeah, if it comes into fruition, I kind of want to see how that works out. But I'm down for this, and I support this because I think Gears would be a good property to put into the into film format. Good copy. Talk to me about I Heart Predator. So, um, <laughs> so we bought the Predator collection right last week, uh, and then after the podcast, it's been a long time since I've seen Predator too. All right, so we turned it on. And I just want to discuss just the fucking madness that was Predator 2. Because, you know, Predator 1, pretty over the top, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty ham-fisted. You can't lie. But uh, ultimately, there was nothing that was just completely ridiculous that I just felt like I'm like, that's not going to happen, right? But Predator 2 went the exact opposite <laughs> with that uh, thought process. They went total caricature on these uh, on this situation. They picked... They got um oh my god the Dan- beefiest man hunks they could find well yeah not even just that is they got Danny Glover right mm-hmm. coming back as just this crazy over the top character basically he paid Murtaugh from from uh, Lethal Weapon but like times like thirty how he's just mad like crazy too old for this, shit. Old for this shit just crazy over the top cop the uh, opening shootout of this film is just like completely ridiculous they have like Colombian drug dealers that are like fucking out of their mind where this guy has fucking pistols that he just keeps on shooting like their machine guns and he has fucking silver teeth because of course he does because he's a Colombian drug lord what else would he do just completely over the top right and uh, just everybody's just times 11 like even uh, Bill Paxton's character who's like this new cop now or like this investigative cop and who's just like completely dislikable and then they have the crazy Latina woman who's like his partner but like squeezes your balls and twists and that type of shit it's over the top right right and I just want to talk about how much I love it. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it was like surprisingly long. And I just love the background on the whole Predator. 
predator thing, the whole predator creature mindset. Yeah. What, what he stands for, what he does, um, you know, like how old predator are kind of like worshiped and almost to a certain extent because they've made it this far without getting killed and all the hunts that they've taken along the way. And, uh, you know, kind of just the honors code that they have because they do have one. They definitely have an honor yeah, code. Yeah, we spoke a little bit about that when we did our Alien versus Predator review. Yeah, and um, I just dig it, man. It's yeah, just man, it's, it's fun. I just wanted to hype it up a little bit more because I I love it. Because like I said, we got the collection now. We, you know, we watched one and one's awesome. You know, it's probably one of the best action films of all time, probably one of them. Um, and two is just so fucking out of this world insane that yeah, absolutely. if you haven't seen Predator two. I don't know where you've been for the last 30 years, but uh, under a rock. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely recommend turning this on for a good laugh because it's just completely insane. Yeah, check that shit out. I always like how we're like the other ends of the spectrum when we talk about like these bigger properties, like uh, the whole alien predator thing. Like yeah. we're an alien family and you guys are a predator family. Yeah. I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah, and uh, Adriana completely loves it. She loves this shit. She may not want to admit it, but she's like, oh yeah, let's watch. It was her idea. She pulled it. <laughs> she pulled it off the rack. She's like, wow. She's like, this is only like twenty five bucks for Blu ray. I'm like, all right, let's get it. She's That's like, not yeah. bad for what six movies? Yeah, no, this is only doing four. This is only four. four. Yeah, it's uh, Predator, Predator Two, the pred- Predators, and the Predator, the movie one. So uh, it's good stuff though. Good shit. Absolutely. So, oh, I, I peeked the mic there. So, uh, speaking of movies, uh, now the only reason why, well, I don't say the only reason why I went to go see this movie, but the main reason why I picked this movie is because you already saw uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It was mm-hmm. nine o'clock at night and I wasn't planning on getting out of the movie at one o'clock in the morning. That wasn't part of my deal. <laughs> it wasn't something that I wanted to do, uh, but you already saw it and I'm like, you know what? This would be a good podcast conversation because at least I would have something new to talk about. Sure. So I saw Spider-Man Far From Home. And how I just, excellent was it? It was very, very good. It was super good. Uh, it takes up right where um, you know Endgame left off. Uh, kind of puts some um, comedy to these kids disappearing because it's just like they even kind of poke fun at it, like, well, it's funny how all of us kind of disappeared. <laughs> you know what I mean? The majority of us disappeared, and uh, kind of talking about uh, some of the dynamics of some of the kids. It was like, yeah, when you know, I bl- they called it blipping, which I don't like, but. Uh, when I blipped, you know, uh, I came back and my brother, my little brother was bigger than me, like <laughs> that kind of shit and uh, kind of poking its nose at it and making fun of it, which is fine. Um, and then they kind of get into the story where it's actually a really nice story where about this kid who uh, has to kind of take on the new mantle of the next Iron Man, so to speak, or looked up as the face, the of, face of the Avengers, yeah, yeah. the face of the, uh, you know, the, Amer- um, you know, the world's strongest forces and how that's kind of overwhelming to him. And eventually he just wants to be. A kid. That's what he wants, which I understand being, being that he disappeared for all that time. And, you know, he kind of went through this fucking war you know, outer space amongst guys where he's just a child. You'd imagine there's some kind of, you know, mental block there. Um, him just trying to go on this trip and talk to this girl that he likes. Right. Which is the kind of the premise. They all go on this trip, which makes no sense because it's a science trip. But why the fuck are you going to Venice and all these places? It's a science trip. And yeah, some schools do that. Yeah. But it's, it's a little silly. Um and talk, kind of talk, hit up on the relationship between the kids, and um, <laughs> it's just good stuff. It's a, it's a coming of age film. Uh, the last one was kind of like that too, but you know, yeah, it's very fitting for the uh, Spider Man kind of yeah, uh, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I want to hit off on Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Him and Tom Holland had a phenomenal relationship. He did a fucking great job as Mysterio. Yeah, he was fucking excellent. Now, my wife is not super well versed on Spider Man, so she kind of bit, bit hook, line, and sinker. Uh, the the kind of the setup, right? Uh, we all kind of knew where yeah. that was going, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so that that, that was all correct. Uh, but it gave a, it gave a character which tied into this universe, 
um, very well and uh, kind of had him like kind of be in the background the whole time. Like, uh, you know, but still full of life and plenty of yeah. kind of character. Yeah. Uh, and some of the special effects with him being Mysterio was fucking awesome. Like he looked really fucking cool. And which is kind of funny because when you think about when maybe heroes that won't translate as well, Mysterio is M- up there. Mysterio would probably be up there, right? So they did a great job with the look and how everything you know sounded and looked and all that good stuff. So um, overall, it was a great fucking film. I had a great time with it. They had what some, would you grade it? How do we do movies again? <laughs> a to F. A to F. Um, this is A minus. Cool. Yeah, I think they kind of hit up on uh, you know Peter as a kid a little bit more, and I think maybe the first half kind of dr- dragged a little bit, but um, especially when you know uh, Fury was kind of dressing down Peter and kind of be like, "What are you doing? Like, this is not what we need. This is not what we want." And you kind of see the emotion in his face. He's like, "I'm just trying to be a kid," you know, which is like you said, kind of in the Spider Man, kind of his whole philosophy. Like, he just wants to be normal, but he can't because he's not, and he'll never be able to be normal like that ever again. Um, some good stuff, man. Like I said, the, the final uh, boss fight, so to speak, was really fucking cool. Really, really fucking cool. And they did a great job with it. So, um, yeah, man. I loved it. I thought it was a good time. Yeah, uh, just some closing thoughts. I once had a dream, maybe a nightmare, if you want to call it that, where uh, Tom Holland was slurping some noodles and he had a really bad British accent. Okay. That, that's all. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of which, uh, speaking of Tom Holland, this is not the agenda, but I saw a uh, trailer for a new cartoon movie, right? It's called, oh, my God. Shit, but it ha- I don't, let me let me look it up. It has Tom Holland uh, as like playing, like, voicing like a, a child, like a teenager, mm-hmm. obviously, and then they have Will Smith as like the world's greatest spy, right? Okay. Like I said, it's an animated feature. Let me see if I can get this pulled up real quick. And it was really funny. Just the trailer, it made me laugh, and I think it's going to be quite kind of interesting. Let me get this pulled up. I'm sorry. Uh, no, not that. Sorry, I'm really bad at this. You would think by now that I would be good. But you'd be wrong. Yeah, you think that we come in prepared to this podcast. Sometimes. Yeah. Spies in Disguise is what it's called. Cool. Um, and it looked really funny. And uh, I'd recommend checking out the trailer if you haven't. All right. Yeah, I'll take a look at that. Absolutely. Speaking of trailers, saw a new trailer for another movie that came out uh, that's coming out soon enough. Starring Daniel Craig with Jamie Lee Curtis, Chris Evans. Uh, who else? A lot of people. A lot of good people that we all like, right? And essentially, this is like who done it? Murder mystery. With Bond being the detective and kind of getting down to the nitty and gritty and kind of figuring out who done it, right? Because somebody died and they're trying to figure out what happened. Huh. Is this going to be like Murder on the Orient Express? That's the vibes I got, but I'm hoping that the, execu- much better. Yeah, yeah. the execution is better than what not, we not got. Not the execution, the fucking ending. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, uh, the ending will probably be the, the key there. But um, the, 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 one, the reason why I brought it up is because Daniel Craig has... Have you ever heard Daniel Craig attempt a southern accent before? No. Is it bad? Is it good? It's it's interesting. It doesn't even sound like hilarious. him. Hilarious. It sounds like they take took him and overdubbed him with somebody else's voice. It is. Does it sound like what Keith Buckley should sound like, based yeah. on? Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, it's but like I said, it's called Knives Out. Uh huh. I would recommend checking out this trailer as well because I was super intrigued and I'm all over it. I'm all over it. All right. Good. Stuff. So that was movies, TV, and books. Excellent. Cool. Let's talk some gaming. So we got a uh, Fortnite wiener here. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, you know, the big news that came out and ESPN covered it. And, you know, every single time ESPN covers anything esports related, there's always like, oh, my God, it's not a fucking sport. Well, the dude made three million dollars as a winner of a Fortnite tournament. I guess the biggest Fortnite tournament ever to take place. 
And uh, talk all the shit you want. He's three million dollars richer than you are. Absolutely. And uh, I just kind of wanted to talk about your opinion on esports and how it's kind of grown. Because I remember when you you probably remember this too. Coming up with Call of Duty started to hit. You know. The mainstream I, and, man i remember when halo 2 first started cranking out um like those crazy big tournaments with uh what's his face from under oath was yeah, the, yeah uh grant yeah grant i mean i remember when that was a big deal and that was the first time that gaming uh well i don't want to say first time the first kind of experience in my eyes where gaming had this crazy uproar of all these people in the community that wanted to strive and do better and you know there was a genuine kind of prize at the end instead of like gratification yeah uh, and this thing has kind of taken out in life its own, obviously over time with the MLG thing. Um, you know, these big ass tournaments at these companies with big time sponsors now all part of, um, it's good stuff, man. Like even, uh, cause Evo is going on right now. Um, Mortal Kombat and all that, but Roadrunner records is a sponsor for Evo for Evo for Jesus. Mortal Kombat. Think that, about that. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's obviously it's a hand in hand marriage. It's like per- the most perfect thing in the world. If Roadrunner is sponsoring MK and Evo, that means Rise Records has to sponsor Smash and Evo. <laughs> not, not quite. But uh, there's no Smash, right? There's no Smash this year. Oh no, there uh, is. I'm not too well versed in that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try to get in, get in, watch some games because started to watch some clips and of course they're over the top and it's amazing. But um, yeah, so man, e- esports is uh, really kind of kind of took it on a life of its yeah, own. My, at this my point. girlfriend refuses to acknowledge it as a real sport. It's like, well, you don't know, say whatever you want, but people make a living off this. Yes, a good chunk of change. And Three- like, I, I think. I think um, like our sig- our significant others, especially not just you know like women, but like the people we're with at the moment, just didn't grow up around all that, and they don't understand that a lot of muscle memory goes into this, a lot of strategy, yeah. and then all this extra crap sprinkled in if you're playing a more complex game. Well, my wife is like, "What the fuck, Jacob? What are you doing? Like, fucking go win some money or something." That's my wife's philosophy on okay. it. But I'm like, "How am I supposed to do that when I got you and the baby constantly pounding at my door?" Yeah, how about I'll, you go to work? Yeah, <laughs> you take care of the baby, and I'll sit home and practice. Absolutely right. So there's that. But um, so yeah, that's just something I wanted to talk about because that's a lot of money. Yeah, three million dollars is a lot of moolah. Yeah. So let's talk some crossplay. So you talked about Gears of War earlier in the day. I did. My one buddy was like, "Hey man, uh, you should pick up Gears of War Four because it's like ten bucks." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, you know, I told myself I'm not buying another game until I finish Breath of the Wild." So he got it for me. I was like, "Cool, thank you very much." And here's the cool thing that kind of happened, and we kind of you know preluded to this in some of the prior podcasts. Um, myself and my one friend were playing on PC, and the third buddy was playing on the Xbox One, and we all just kind of hopped on the Discord chat. Uh, you know, the one guy on his phone, the other two on our PCs. And we played, and it was a phenomenal fucking experience. Uh, the only real issue, I wouldn't even call it a real issue, it was just a very subtle thing, is when you load into the lobby, you know who has a PC because they load in like instantly, and you gotta wait like a couple seconds for the Xbox guys to load in. But it was fucking phenomenal. There was no like real lag there. Um, you know, it was buttery smooth, and I just thought it was super fun. I was like, we're here. We yeah. are here at what gaming should be in 2019. Finally. It was fucking awesome and i man i haven't touched a gears war a gears game in a while and just hopping back into it felt so fucking good man very cool i i think there's very few shotguns as satisfying as the nasher nasher yeah in gears of war more, there's very few as more iconic than the fucking nasher can you think of a more iconic shotgun than a nasher mm. Uh, the model 1887. Ah, this is true. Akimbo. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> but like, I mean, yeah, when you really sit down and think about it, what else you got? Yeah. You know, there's very few. Absolutely. But yeah, man, it just felt great. And like I said, the, you wouldn't even have noticed that it was crossplay if you didn't know it beforehand. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So that was super fun. And I'm looking forward to playing some more. We're probably going to plow through the campaign 
as a squad. Why are you so loud, Gabe? What the hell? Why am I so loud? I don't know. Maybe just have a fucking booming voice. Cause look how look at look where you are compared to where I am. Yeah, that's strange. That's not like that normal either. He's gonna he's gonna turn me down. Just a little bit, just a smidge. Fuck the sound guy on this bug. <laughs> <laughs> just a smidge. Hold so yeah. in addition to that, we got a trailer this week for our buddies from NetherRealm Studio. Yes, we did. Uh, now this is something that I've been looking forward to because I've been really curious about how the execution of this was going to look like and uh, sound like and all that. So Nightwolf, Nightwolf trailer drop. Have you seen this? Yeah, I looked at it briefly. What do you think of the outfit? Because I know I, you're kind of in along the outfit. I like it. I like the outfit. Uh, it doesn't seem so cartoonish to me. Uh, yeah. So I, I am with that for sure, for sure. It looks real good. He sounds real cool, too. His voice is like, whoa. Yeah, the voice actor did a great job. Yeah, he's like, whoa, that guy is really impressive. Um, Gameplay-wise, looks like fun. Uh, he looks like he's going to be taking some... Uh, some play- cues. Yeah, playing uh, playing with his tools a little bit. He's going to... Obviously, he has the fucking tomahawk, which he's you know, kind of iconic with the whole Nightwolf thing. He's got a little bit of a bow and arrow action going on. Looks like he got some buffs, too, with the, you know, the wolf and the bear thing. Uh, it looks good. Looks real good. Um, I'm looking forward to get my hands on him in the com- couple weeks because I think he comes out the 13th of August for yeah. the for the combat cast uh, or the combat pack holders, which is I am one of them. So I'm looking forward to get my hands on. I like the fatality. Fatality was yeah, pretty fucking nice. pretty fucking sick. Uh, which hopefully he starts using some more thunder abilities. I'm kind you of know, when we talked about Nightwolf and how he should be up and coming DLC, I think my biggest complaint was that Nightwolf it just doesn't do anything interesting and hasn't done anything interesting for the past what 10 years 15 years maybe mm-hmm. and um so what i like that they did was that they took him and they didn't give him a new kit essentially they just re-kitted him and so they took a lot of the iconic things like the tomahawk you can't have night wolf you can't have night wolf without a neon green tomahawk right True. they kept the bow and arrow which i loved and they added on top of that they layered it and they mixed it up and like you said we see a lot more utility in this version of nighthawk which I love. Nightwolf. I think they did. Uh, but what, what am I saying? <laughs> Nightwolf. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think they, at least on a surface level from what we saw in the trailer, looks really good. Yeah. And I think they kind of made him interesting again, which is what we're seeing a lot of happen to some of these characters that have been burnt out since MK3, MK4. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to him. I think he's going to be good. I think, I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be excelente. All right, so let's talk about Call of Duty Innovations. Have you seen any more gameplay from this? I saw the gameplay thing that dropped this week. Mm-hmm. It looks fun. Yeah. You got any concerns? The way you uh, said well, Activision as a whole is my concern. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Well, and, well, yeah, so... Ooh, let me let me cover this because I didn't actually slap it on the agenda now that I'm looking at it. So Crash Team Racing um, is an Activision title, and it dropped. And, of course, there was no heavy microtransactions, and they pulled the Black Ops 4 on us where they waited for all the reviews to come out. They waited that month or whatever it took, and they brought everything back in, and now it's just as cancer says it could have been on launch. Really? And that's my concern because this is twice now mm-hmm. in the span of what six months well maybe a year let's year. just say a year right a year yeah um this is twice now that we've seen it on bigger ips interesting and that's my concern with activision the game looks good yeah i like the way it's taken i love the sound design the sound design oh, is so fucking good. So good these guns look like they're so beautifully satisfying to just press the trigger on yeah and i don't think we've got something like that since i'd say call of duty 4 yeah because you know the other ones had the multiplayer and stuff but nothing felt so good as to just let a you know a beret 50 cal shot go off and let it ring through back lot yeah right for sure 
Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk about some of the things that they have brought to the table, which I find most interesting. So obviously, I think they've taken kind of the perk system and dumbed it down, simplified it. All right, no uh, complaints there. Which is which is fine. Yeah, because you know I think there was a time where people would get to be able to have like eight, nine perks on them, and it was kind of overkill. And they even I think six was what you maxed out at. Yeah. Because the pick 10 system was kind of wild. Yeah, and then uh, there was the specialist package in Modern Warfare 3, which if you had got enough kills, you could have all the perks available to you at the same time where you're using all of them, which was interesting to me. But then, like I said, they kind of dumbed it down a little bit, which I'm okay with, because where they really truly innovate is with the gunsmith thing. All right, so basically... Every gun has about 80 to 90 attachments based on the class. I think maybe SMGs has like 60 and you know, obviously pistols have like 20 or something like that. A lot right? more than the, what, 10 yeah. you normally get? Yeah. So um, every gun, you could kind of customize it to your own ability. Like some people said, um, you know, you could change the caliber on the weapon. The magazine feels less, but it hits harder or whatever it may be. Right. So a lot of uh, give and take on that front. And that's what I'm looking forward to because I think this is going to be kind of interesting. I think um, they said that you could take the AK-47, trim off the barrel, and have it play more like the 74U did back in the day. A little bit more wild. Yeah, a little bit more wild, but, you know, faster, quicker aim down sight kind of a situation. It looks good. Um, I'm looking forward to this, uh, which is, you know, when was the last time we were able to say, hey. Gunsmith looks like a lot of fun. My only kind of concern was this is that how much time did they spend on q q and a on it or not q and a qa uh-huh. um, you know quality assurance because i promise you within a week of the game launching we'll find it somebody's gonna find the one that's stupidly broken and then they're gonna have to go and, and fix it which is fine that's part of the life cycle yeah i'm just kind of curious as to if it's gonna be like maybe one or two kind of combinations of things that's gonna be stupid broken or if we're gonna find a combination for every gun and then some yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess we have to wait and see on that front. But um, to me, I'm looking forward to that. I'm kind of looking forward to kind of taking these weapons and doing our own thing with them, making every weapon feel a little bit different. Um, you know, it's to supposed, your liking. Yeah, it's a big thing here. To your own liking. They brought back the FAMAS, which is like my weapon of choice in every single shooter that yeah, has ever existed. FAMAS is excellent. Yep. Um, and then obviously all the new other weapons, the M6 and all that. It's just I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to this stuff. I think what it's else did you good. see that you liked? Um, the Juggernaut? Well, the, that yeah, the fact that Juggernaut's a um, what was the word I'm looking for? Uh, he was uh, the bad motherfucking Modern Warfare Three, right? Yeah, no, I'm saying, but like, um, it's a kill streak. It's a kill streak. Yeah, it's a kill streak. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's gonna be cool. Now, there was one thing that I saw that apparently a lot of people are complaining about, which is the game does not default with a mini map. So, it's a kill streak to get your mini map up. It's called the personal radar, and it kind of looks like your own personal UAV. And then they have the normal UAV, which works how how it worked previously. But there is no mini map on your HUD. Love it. You like it? Yeah, because it'll force you to really learn the maps. Yeah. Because, you know, um, the Call of Duty maps have all been the same design since COD 4. That's another thing. They were two or three lane wraparound. Your, Your standard smite map, except it's not a fucking MOBA. It's an FPS. Yeah. And it may work on a MOBA, but it does not work every single time without a hitch in an FPS. Yeah. And I think this is a good thing because it's going to force you to really pay attention and be like, okay, well, the way I went last time has this red shack here. So, um, you know, maybe let's explore a little bit further. Maybe let's wrap around the other way. And so you kind of slowly piece together everything. Yeah. And minimap is a kill streak. That's fucking phenomenal. They don't get rid of it completely, which I think would have been a massive mistake. But the fact that you have a... A map and a radar all at once is beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's going to really push the boundaries of 
what the initial phases of this Call of Duty is going to look like. It's okay. going to be a lot of learning, and it's going to be like Siege, where you, you know the first couple of weeks you got people that don't know what the fuck they're doing, mm-hmm. and then as it goes on with time, you're going to have this map knowledge, and you're going to have all this stuff floating around. And I think it's going to be a good quality of life change. Okay, interesting. I I've seen people take the exact opposite approach to what you said because obviously a lot of people who have been playing call of duty for an extended period of time are very reliant to how the map and how it works right you know if you fire we should be able to see you on the map or whatever right i wasn't so harsh on it i think it's something that it's a feel thing i think i would have to get my hands on it and kind of navigate the maps in order to kind of decide whether it's something that i need need or something like that but you hit up on up on the mats and like you said Previously, in the majority of the Call of Duty's, we have these three lanes, and maybe there's areas to cross throughout, right? The only thing that changed was the aesthetic and yeah. the weather, man. Yeah. That's been thrown out the window. So the developers have said we've made a conscientious choice to kind of toss it out the window. We are going to build maps um, to be slightly unbalanced, is what they said. Uh, you know, so that if there's going to be areas in the map that have a clear you, advantage. Yeah, if you hold a choke point. And, you know, and you got somebody watching a window or something like that, you'll be fine and you'll be safe and sound. What they said, what they want from that is to kind of have that personal challenge thing that you have in your head when you're going through these things where you're like, well, I'm going to take that and I'm going to be damned if I don't. So you're going to keep going and try to take over a position of power on the map, which is kind of the way it should be. Right. Because that's how war, war works. works. Yeah. That's how war would work. You know, I need this vantage point to win. So I'm going to go and take that take point. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in that as well. Cause like you said, it's, it's very easy. It's either, it's built like, like you said, three lanes, it's built like a triangle where this middle point is at the top of the thing or whatever it may be. Right. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm just kind of, like I said, a lot of people are kind of freaking out about the whole mini map thing. I well, Okay. If we go through the stages of a new call of duty game in multiplayer, as you learn, yeah, you may rely on that mini map for your first prestige. Let's say, but once you get in there, once you get comfy, you know where the hotspots are. And if you have a good headset, you know where the gunshots are coming from. This you know true. where you should be looking. Yeah. Because once you put that time into the game, you know where it's all at. Yep. This is true. Um, yeah. So that's that's like the main thing that people are complaining. But, but like you said, eventually you're going to learn that anyways. And um, I mean, think about it. When do you actually rely on the minimap aside from when you're calling in a, cor- a, a kill streak or a score streak, right? And aside from it being way too quiet and your kind of first beginning stages. Yeah. You don't. You learn the maps. The, the, the only thing that they would need to do to kind of make sure that, um, you know, that everybody knows which direction to go is for cars like the enemy, where the enemy is. Because, you know, usually if there's your friends are over there, that generally speaking, the enemies are the opposite direction where mm-hmm. they are. They got to make sure they have the spawn system nice and crisp. Ready yeah, to absolutely. go because you can't be looking one direction, expecting the enemy to come from one direction and have them come from behind you. That's absolutely that'll get frustrating for sure. So they got to get that on point in order for people to stop complaining about it. But they have 20 v 20 modes available. They have 10 v 10 modes available, 6 v 6 and obviously the 2 v 2 mode that we saw as well. Uh, and I think this is going to be fun. It's ramping up to what looks like a good call of duty. Um, I have no issues with the developers. I have no issues with the majority of the stuff that's come out. Um, like I said, my one kind of nagging concern is that this at the end of the day is being published by Activision. True. And we know what they've done and it'd be real unfortunate if we had all this talent, love and work go into a new call of duty game that looks like the breath of fresh air that we've needed for the past 10 years be sundered and squatted by the publisher. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I guess we'll have to watch very closely on the the, yeah. the behavior of Activision. No pre-orders. Yeah, no pre-orders. Yeah. No pre-orders. Gabe's rule. All right. Cool. Let's talk about this next one. So uh, I don't know if you saw this, but this week um, Ninja signed with Mixer. Mm-hmm. So he will be exclusively streaming on Mixer. Um, I have no idea how much money Microsoft paid him. Uh, probably a very a large chunk of a change. A very large I chunk imagine. of change. Yeah. So I put this on here because I thought it was interesting. Now, if you've been keeping up with the Twitch community and kind of the drama behind all the streamers and stuff, the Twitch moderators have been very lenient on a streamer by the name of Alinity, and she's gotten away with a lot of stuff, like throwing her cat, feeding her cat alcohol, blah, 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 this and that, trying to copy strike people like PewDiePie. She's pretty rotten anyway, and she's kind of drums up drama wherever she goes. The rumors are going around that she's, you know, doing some extra favors for one of the Twitch moderators, whatever it may be. Not going to dive into that uh, because, frankly, I don't give a shit about all that. Yep. But what I do think is important is that we see a competitor for the Twitch marketplace. And we've seen um, competition is good. I think it's very good uh, because when you get stagnant and you get kind of comfy with your position like um, Intel did a couple years ago, like, hey, man, we're at the top. You know, we're just going to make very, very small improvements to our processors and some for the you know, same or more, right? And then, boom, AMD Ryzen came out of nowhere and took them by storm, and now they're fucking... You know, it, it's just constant striving to make your product or your platform better. Yeah. And I think that's what we need because, um, you know, for your casual Twitch viewers like yourself or myself, we follow the guys that we know and love, like mm-hmm. Vigil from The Ghost Inside and, you know, our favorite streamers down the line. We follow those guys because we like their content, we like their playing style, whatever it may be. But for your more hardcore Twitch guys that, you know, are on their, you know, eight plus hours a day or whatever it may be, and they're like balls deep in the community, I think it's time we see some change. And I think it's time we see some improvement. Twitch is not perfect by any means. Twitch is not, um, it's not a safe haven. You know, we've seen a lot of issues come up with streamers, unfortunately, some bans that were unwarranted, shit like that. And so I think it's good that now we have a guy like Ninja, who's arguably the face of video game streaming, Hot platforms. Yeah. I think that's a very good thing. Yeah, it's a it's a big signing, you know, definitely. Um, I'm looking forward to this too because I remember when Twitch was just in TV. Remember that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now it's kind of became like this new thing. And YouTube tried to try to throw their hat in there. It didn't really work, you know. And, um, you know, YouTube is good at many things, but maybe being... Also stre- terrible at many things. Yeah, maybe being a streaming platform isn't one of them. Um, yeah, I was just... I don't know if you noticed, but when you came on the TV, I was or came in here that I actually had it up because I was looking at it. I'm like, hmm, let's see. That's kind of cool. Um, competition is good, like you said. And uh, who knows who else will hop over eventually. Yeah, I'm hoping... Um, Especially know, a guy like that who... Like I said, the face of yeah. video game streaming at the moment. Yeah, a guy like that who the audience the is going to follow him. Like, that's, you know, there's not a... There's no worry. I think a lot of people who are like maybe mid-level to higher, like very lower, higher tier, are we kind of afraid to lose the audience? Um, because it's kind of built in with Twitch, but you know, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, I think the next big competitor we need to see is a competitor for YouTube because their uh, strike system and their banning system and their monetization system has yeah. been off whack. And a lot of my favorite YouTubers have been hit with really unfortunate circumstances that are, um, you know, if this was brought up in a court, they'd win. Yeah. But it's not always the situation. And I'm not going to get too much into that, but. Competition is good. We need to see this, and it's about damn time we saw one for Twitch. Absolutely. Because streaming, you know, who doesn't stream now, right? This is true. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to see how that pays out moving forward. 
but uh, I'm like I'm gonna keep my eye on it as well. Good stuff. I run in a podcast game this week. Yeah, yeah. what, and what it's, is uh, that? It's, it's supposed to be yet ever. Uh, but um, you know, this is one of those things. One of my fleeting thoughts right before I dozed off. So I was like, I'm gonna write this down because I'm not gonna remember it in the morning. And so this started off with uh, you, you ever uh, hop off a long shift and you know drop a really rancid fart in your car, <laughs> and right before you hop on the highway on a 95 degree day and you immediately regret it because you. <laughs> Because you Dutch oven yourself. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you, you ever, uh, you ever try to Dutch oven your significant other and get some, uh, some casualties on your front as well? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Last night, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like weekly occurrence in this house. Absolutely. Yeah, I just thought that was uh, something I wanted to bring up. Okay, <laughs> that's interesting. Interesting. Okay, what else? What else? Let me think. Let me think. Kind of huh. putting you on the spot here. Yeah, man. Because uh, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Because for those who can't see, obviously you can't. And I'm not going to change this. This is going to stay on the, the agenda. So you will be able to see it at some point. Uh, it says ta ever. Yeah, I misspelled that. Yeah, ta ever on the on the podcast notes. So I'm like, okay. You ever make a really smooth transition into music news and reviews? <laughs> <laughs> now I have. Now, yeah. Cool stuff. So Slipknot kicked off their tour in California. And uh, the fans got so damn rowdy, Corey Taylor had to stop playing. Slipknot stopped playing for a second to get people up and out of the pit man and you know um when you go to these smaller shows like the bottom lounge or any really smaller venue at you know in the chicagoland area wherever it may be um people are usually pretty aware of the situation and i haven't been in a situation where i've been knocked down and somebody hasn't at least tried to pick me up Mm -hmm. or you know the metal core community is pretty good about that but when you got an absolute shit show like a massive band like slipknot and you got thousands upon thousands of people trying to rush the barricade and it's swaying back and forth. There's just not that window of opportunity. Yeah. So I thought him stopping the show and making sure that those person or people got out alive um, is just a sign that Slipknot knows exactly what the fuck they're doing. Yes, sir. Uh, his words were, nobody's getting hurt at my show, not on my fucking watch. That's what he said yeah. over the microphone. So, yeah, man. Corey Taylor's the man. What can we say? Nothing. Not breaking any new ground on that one. <laughs> In addition to that, um, Clown and Corey were talking about how there was an additional 14 songs that didn't make the cut for this album. Uh, for various reasons, um, they said that there was about 30 30 um the other 16 i guess didn't get made into songs and they just kind of scrapped those ideas before they started recording but they have 14 quote-unquote demos or songs recorded material seeds seeds that didn't make the cut for this album so i'm hoping maybe um you know slipknot hasn't been uh camera shy when it comes to releasing like deluxe versions and Mm -hmm. b-sides and stuff like that yeah so i'm hoping we get kind of what we got with all hope is gone where we get actual more song songs yeah and not like remixes or you know, different versions of it. I want more song songs. You know, what was always cool to me. Um, and I think Slipknot could totally do this because I'm sure they have f- songs in the vault for everything. Lincoln Park for their um, their fan club every year comes out with like a new CD, and the CD has like, unreleased stuff, unreleased stuff, even stuff that's not even finished. You know, live performances, yeah, probably. things like that. And um, they would always have like B sides from maybe the album that just came out or seeds from songs that are like way old but like they've had them on a hard drive somewhere they're like hey this is an older version of a song that's way popular let's release it and see what it sounds like different versions because especially like a band like even slipknot well you know i'm sure they adjust their songs quite a bit from conception to you know when it even give us like um i know bring me the horizon just released a couple of tracks off of suicide season Mm -hmm. that was pre-production so it was raw vocals raw guitar and all that stuff that shit would be super cool to hear too because then you could see what they actually sound like before all these effects go in yeah. and all this mastering and stuff. Yeah, just like kind of the the simplified simplified versions of maybe some of the songs you may love, you know, kind of the the, the starting point. Because like uh, even Metallica had a DVD that came out during um, when they were making the Black Album. 
and like you could hear like the the riff of Enter Sandman before it became the Enter riff. Sandman, yeah. It came before it became the riff, and it was like, wow, this is this is different. It doesn't yeah. sound exactly like it. You know what I mean? Well, I was gonna say even um because I I listened to the Chelsea Smile unproduced version. Yeah. And those guitars, man, those guitars are fucking crunchy. Yeah. They're nasty. And those Jordan Fish and the other guitars are fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's just a testament, you know, to see what it sounds like before all this shit goes into it. Absolutely. Um, I bought uh, Lamb of God came out with uh, like an anthology set. And I think it was like six CDs or whatever. And they wanted like nothing for it. So I picked it up. And it has, it's like a best of essentially, but it covers everything from when they were still Burn the Priest to... Uh, to Lamb of God. And so you got all this shit that was never released on there. You got a couple of live performances. You got a couple of like raw tracks on there. And it was, I think in total, like 60 odd songs, which includes like their bangers, like walk with me in hell at the time. And, uh, you know, like ruin and stuff like that. But it included all these goodies for the fans. And I think if anybody were to do it now, I think if Slipknot did one, nobody would be complaining like, Oh, they're selling out. Yeah. It's like, no, these guys probably have hundreds of songs that we, never heard that yeah. were just faint ideas that were blips in their minds and you know and I, I think it's perfect for them to kind of drop something like that absolutely i think it's something yeah i'd definitely be interested in hearing some of those those early concepts with a lot of songs that maybe not ex- don't exist anymore or whatever yeah maybe. 14 14 didn't make the cut i thought that was super interesting very cool because uh it's been what four years since the last step not album 2015 ish yeah sounds about right yeah so yeah four wow, years jesus christ 30 songs roughly 30 songs in four years and right. they're slipknot cool. songs too so you know they're gonna be bangers absolutely so uh, have you have you seen that? Have you listened Blood to Bloodbather? I have not. No, I was kind of busy with the other two albums this week. Bloodbather, Pressure. So this is album or an EP that came out last year, and you would need to check that out because that is right up your alley. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna save that as we speak. Yeah, uh, because you know you're a fan of kind of the MySpace core stuff. Now this is a, I put it in a little bit of a different category because it is literally deathcore, meaning it is hardcore vocals with deathcore riffs. And you'll hear it immediately. You know what I was thinking? Um, one of these days when I was driving home from work, I was like, there's nothing that quite replicates that. Like, uh, I don't know if let's just call it MySpace deathcore at the moment, because mm-hmm. I mean, that's where it was at that 2008 to like 2011 deathcore vibe. Yeah. There's nothing quite like it nowadays, is there? Not really. No. Yeah. And you'd say I'd enjoy this because it's up that alley. It's it's more, like I said, it leans more towards the hardcore side of deathcore. So is it hardcore vocals or hardcore instrumentals? Hardcore vocals. Okay. With deathcore instrumentals? Yes. Uh, and you'll be all over it. Because, like I said, when you hear deathcore, you get like this, this, this thought process in your head of what it sounds like. And it's not necessarily death metal mixed with hardcore music. Where, my, my thought process for deathcore is that the bassist plays, the bassist tabs look something like Oceano's first letter in the name. And it's just <laughs> open. <laughs> it's a joke. That was horrible. You but, should be ashamed uh, of yourself for that one. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's literally deathcore in the in the literal sense. It is death and core music tied in together. Cool. So uh, it's right up your alley, and I think you'd really enjoy it. I thought it was awesome. Now, I have a problem. One issue. A, the songs are short, mm-hmm. which, I, again, I know is right up your alley, too. But uh, there's like maybe seven or eight songs on it, and they have a 14-second interlude, which just upsets me. I don't like that. Uh, um, well, you know, normally interludes aren't an issue, but when you're dropping an EP, yeah. and unless it's a themed EP like yeah. The Devil Wears Prada, yeah. which, I mean, those are pretty long for EPs, honestly, but... Yeah. Yeah, um, I'll give it a look, and then maybe we could do a review next week. Absolutely, because I, I dug it quite a bit, so I know you'll love it. All right, good stuff. So I was at a show at the Subterranean on Tuesday. Um, I like the Sub-T. I think it's a fun venue. Now, uh, I can't confirm 
that this person is banned from the sub tea. But what they did was they encouraged somebody to dive off the balcony into the crowd. And we've seen worse from metalcore shows. The issue was that um, there weren't, it wasn't sold out. And so this dude dived into, I don't know, maybe a pit of 20-ish people, 20, 25 oh, people. God. They caught him. He was okay. But security immediately took him by the collar, yanked him out. Um, whatever, it happens. But <laughs> what I thought was really funny was that I told my buddy that I went with, I was like, hey, man, this is a surefire way to never play at the subterranean ever again. Yeah. But the whole time he was like, yeah, man, if you dive off, we'll get you some free merch or whatever. And, you, and I was like, oh, yeah, cool. You know, awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the dude dives off and they're like, yeah, we'll get him a sticker or something. And they take him out. And the next guy goes on, Lil Otis, and uh, he's like, hey, where's that dude that dove off? And everybody's like, dude, they kicked him out. And he's like, what? That's bullshit. <laughs> and I was like, these guys are totally fucking clueless as to what's going yeah. on. Yeah, man, the security guy was on top of it all night. It'd be it'd be one thing for it to be packed like sardine cans and kind of have no place for him to kind of hurt himself from the fall. But it was not a sold-out show. if it's not a sold-out show. I'm telling you, I was, I was towards the back because, um, oh, and I'm going to turn this into a PSA as well. I'll get into that in a second. But, um, yeah, man, maybe 30-ish people in that, like, uh, where he fell. And they caught him. He was okay. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, take care of yourself. Now, speaking of take care of your, take care, taking care of yourself, I can't speak English today. Yep. Um, for those of you older folks out there that like to get dirty and, and grimy in the pit, uh, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I thought I was going to go deaf that Tuesday night. I was right next to one of the speakers, and I, I that I just had to step away for a second. So, um, don't give yourself tinnitus because it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> and if you feel like you need to get plugs, by all means, get plugs because yeah. your hearing isn't something that you get back that you get back. Yeah. So thankfully I don't have it, but I, I shit you not. If I would have stood there in that spot all night, I would have been bleeding from my ear <laughs> because the one dude said, um, Hey, sound guy, turn my shit all the way up. And the sound guy said, all right, whatever. And the dude that came on after him peaked the mic like a motherfucker really bad and yeah if that's coming from me a guy who couldn't hear a few days after we saw vanna in 2016 yeah if you hear me complaining um maybe take that a little bit more seriously absolutely because i'm not one to shy away from the pit i'm not one to shy away from being up close but if you feel like you're gonna be injured especially a hearing injury back away man that's just not fun absolutely we've all had that situation where we thought we burst our eardrum at a show you're like oh fuck no, but this was yeah. like, I was like, I'm seriously gonna, Yeah. I need, so I moved to the back by the bar, man. I was like, I can't. Okay. It wasn't okay. even a fun, like, yeah, I can't hear shit. It was like, ow. <laughs> that's my kind of PSA story. It was, uh, it was, it was a couple of rappers that we saw for their Lollapalooza after show. Oh. But yeah, man, uh, just take care of yourselves out there and, uh, you know, keep your hearing because you can't hear our album reviews for this next one. So Northland Alien. Um, so what, what do you think they put in the water in Australia? You think it's lead? <laughs> do you think it's just anger? Teen uh, angst that eventually festers into emotional rage? Yeah, I guess. Do you think Shit. they just take all the good bits out of the MySpace era of core music, you know, process that into like ones and zeros and just dump that into the water fountains? <laughs> Play during the commercials of all the movies. They took like an armpit hair. From the dude about? from, uh, <laughs> where are you going? Go ahead. From uh, 
job for a cowboy and just snipped that up and distilled it into whiskey and infused that into the water (laughs) and thus bands like parkway drive were born absolutely and thus bands like yeah um there's a hundred fucking yeah like uh, alpha wolf like yeah north lane yeah australia and ohio man they got the same water supply here you notice that yeah there's like a straight pipe from uh, australia yeah i want to know what that looks like and how much that costs um but um so let's talk about it cool uh i gave it a listen Okay. You gave it a listen. You I actually, did. you're the one that told me to listen to it. I did. Um, so kind of initial thoughts. Okay. It's a good album. Um, and I think that's not something um, you should take lightly. It's a very good album. Okay. Um, the, my fr- kind of first impressions, I was like, I was like, man, this is like, if you took Someday Came Suddenly and just grimed it up to like 35, but like, <laughs> okay, now hear me out. You're like already... You know, you're already making faces at me, but they do incorporate the electronic yes. subgenre into, I don't know, like, man, like, metalcore is kind of an understatement for what they bring to the table for this album. And I thought they incorporated it pretty well because it was, um, I don't know, maybe some, like, trap house vibes on the electronic front with metalcore, borderline deathcore at some points. Yep. And I thought they incorporated it really well. It felt natural. It didn't feel super forced. Um, and that's kind of the comparison I'm making, that... Um, 11 years later, this is a jump that we make from kind of dancey pop with metal money in it to metal core uh, brutality with bits and pieces of 808 flair and kind of that electronic flair that we get. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's a very proper album. I think they took a lot of inspiration from kind of some of our favorite albums. Yeah. Um, I got to pull up the name of the song, but one of them, I was like, this sounds like an architect song. Okay. Um, here I'm gonna pull it up right now because I, I want to know the name of it. I listened to it on the way in, but I was like, "Wow, they did a really good job of sounding like Architects on this one song." <laughs> with every right being, you know, still a Northlane track at the yeah. end of the day. Um, what do you think about this album? Going so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wax poetic about this album. Sure. Because um, I it was, was Freefall, by the way. Okay. Yeah. That that was yeah. Okay. So Northlane did something that very few bands get the opportunity to do it with me where I'm just like, whoa, holy shit. They kind of change the level of expectation from where you kind of expect them to be. Now, North Lane's a good band. They've always been a good band. They've never not been a good band. But they've never seen much love on this podcast. Yeah. Um, and as far as, like, expectations, I felt like they've reached their ceiling previously, right? Sure. That maybe that they'll always be good. They'll never be great. But that's okay because we need good bands to fill out lineups. Kind of the, uh, the yeah. same setup that Ice Nine Kills was. Yeah, a bit there. To, to fill out lineups across the world. That's what we need, right? Now, I'm like, okay, because listening to the singles, I talked about it. Um, like, I need to hear this because there's a lot of interesting things that I enjoy from other genres of music getting incorporated into this. We've talked about um, kind of that Doom soundtrack sound, right? Yeah, there's a lot of that in this album wrapped up into the North Lane kind Especially of. Especially with the production, formula. man, it feels uh kind of claustrophobic in some of these songs. Yeah, like Talking Heads feels grossly claustrophobic. Yeah, uh, just a lot of the production choices really raise my eye- yeah raise my eyebrows in a good way, uh, where I'm just like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, wow, that was impressive. That was interesting. They took some interesting looks at the instrumentation of things that they had done in the past. They're like, okay, well, we're gonna hit. But it's not going to be the guitars that hit. It's going to be this electronic kind of ambient noise that fucking hits in those moments. A lot of those breakdowns aren't triggered by a guitar. 
they're triggered by like maybe a bass that's like really over over overdriven and making kind of a weird noise and interesting things. They made some interesting choices with the production of the album and it really shines. They did a great job with that. Lyrically, it's deep. It's good stuff. Uh, it's talking about you know addiction, uh, a father who is not you know who's a piece of shit and didn't know how to love his kids or whatever it may be, right? And they kind of dive into that and give everything kind of a personality. Every song is a little bit different. I think uh, even for our more favorite metal, metalcore albums, there are some songs in there that are good, may not be bad songs, they're good songs, but ultimately, whether it was there, whether it was not, didn't make a difference, right? I don't feel like that with any particular track on this album. You feel like there's no filler or wasted space. Yeah, I feel like everything was put in there intentionally to tell the story that they wanted to tell. They have a borderline dance song on yeah, this album. Absolutely. I think it's called Eclipse or something like that where it's borderline like you said 808s and it kind of it kind of gets you know, kind of gets a little dancey, a little weird, and I like that. Um now some people are going to feel it's maybe a little schizophrenic because they can't choose an identity maybe. I that, wouldn't say that, yeah. man. I think it keeps true to itself, but it does it, this is an album that changes outfits throughout its run. Yeah. Throughout the 40 minutes, it can't make up its mind about what to wear. But at the end of the day, it's you. these outfits are still, in essence, short shorts and a baggy-ass crew neck, which is the hardcore way of doing things. <laughs> yeah, um, that's funny. Um, but like, I never, I didn't feel like they were impersonating somebody else. That they were trying to do this and that and the other thing. They were like, you know what? This is one vision. But this is different spectrums of explore exploration in the genre or in the. Don't say exploration. Yeah. You're gonna trigger me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, what's up? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this is different genres or different. Uh, like I said, they're influences. Yeah. They're not copying. They're not imitating. They're clearly guys that are balls deep in this genre, like their fans are, mm-hmm. and they said, "Hey, I kind of like what this band did here. Um, let's see what we could do with that. Yeah, let's, let's see. Let's reinvent that. Let's incorporate this. Yeah. Let's let's take." Some of the greats, like I said, um, Freefall is it feels like distilled architects at its core, mm-hmm. but with the North Lane flavor slapped on top of it with that crazy production. Um, even the I can't I don't know the dude's name, the vocalist in North Lane. Do you happen to know? You're oh, pretty good at these things. Let me pull up. Me pull but up. he nailed that vocal fry style to a fucking T. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is something that Sam Carter would do. But it's not like he was trying to be Sam Carter. He was interpreting that and making it his own. And it shines in a really beautiful way because you see that it comes from a band like The Architects with their last good album. But it's Northlane. And yeah. I think that's the beauty of it because you're like, well, this is still Northlane at the end of the day. His name is Marcus. Marcus Bridge. Marcus Bridge. Phenomenal yeah. job, by the way, Marcus. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to listen to this. Yeah. another That's another thing I want to talk about. So I think it's very accustomed. We've grown accustomed to maybe artists or uh, vocals who vocalists who are taking elements of maybe some post-production kind of opportunities, maybe taking them and emphasizing them on their vocals and kind of using it to kind of as a bandaid, right? Sure. Anything that they do with the vocals in regards to how it sounds and how they distort it, I don't feel like it's taking away or trying to cover up the fact that maybe the vocalist isn't up to par. I feel like he's able to do wonderful things, but they're like, you know what? The song doesn't call for you to be the greatest vocalist in the world. The song calls for you to have a delivery and for us to take advantage of that delivery to tell our story, which I love, right? I mean, it'd be really easy to show off everything your vocalist can do on an album, right? I think we've all been, we've all seen albums or artists that who do that, who do that. They're like, you know what? You don't have to be del- belting out this line. Maybe you could do a little bit of a whimper delivery to this to show the story that we're telling. I don't know if you can tell, 
but I'm extremely enthusiastic about this album. Yeah, I think this has your number one spot. Yeah, I love this album. This album for me is a fucking 10. For me, it is an early front runner. Not early. Well, not early at all. It is a front runner right now for album of the year. North Lane Alien is up there right now. And I fucking love this album to pieces. I have listened to it on repeat like a disgusting amount of times. And every single time I kind of discover something new that I enjoy. Do you have any uh, favorite tracks off the top of your head? Uh, I do like 4D. Uh, 4D was interesting. Uh, Bloodline is a good song. Adriana put it up, put it perfectly. She's like, it's something that would be in like an underworld movie, an underworld yep. movie mm-hmm. where she's like killing up whatever the fuck she's killing, right? Vampires. Yeah, well, whatever she's killing. Yeah, because she kills werewolves too. Uh, but um, vultures. I, we talked about that. Yeah, vultures was proper. I For, love that three song transition. Uh, Bloodline, Forty, and Talking Heads. Those yeah. are probably my standout three. Yeah. In this album, Talking Heads was really fucking good. I love that chorus. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So, I love the album. I think they did a great job. Um, like I said, just incorporating different elements to making something unique. And this is new, unique. There's nothing like this. That's there's nobody else who sounds exactly like this right now. And I yeah, think absolutely. And I, I think that's why it's such a wonderful thing for me. I love it. And uh, I think your, uh, your audio files and your sound engineers are going to find a lot of pleasure in this album. Cause yep. there are a lot of kind of hidden goodies. Absolutely. You listen to it in your car and you listen to it at home with your nice studio headphones and you, you find some things that weren't there before. Absolutely. It's good stuff, man. I fucking love it. So that was my review, our review for North Lane Alien. So it's a 10 out of 10 for you? 10 out of 10. Album of the year so far. And I think it's going to be kind of hard to dis- displace this. Good stuff. Now, um, in addition to North Lane, Bad Homes came out with an album on Friday. Yeah. Now, uh, we're not going to do a review of it this week because you're right. Um, I listened to North Lane and I kind of didn't want to listen to Bad Omens. So I'm saying let's come back to it next week. Let's kind of, I don't want to say flush Northland out of our system, but let's give it some time. Yeah, let's give it some time because when you when you have a busy week um, and there's a really good album, it kind of eclipses everything else. Yeah. Um, on the contrast, when you have a busy week and you have Motionless and White and Upon a Burning Body both drop bad albums, <laughs> it's kind of easier <laughs> to deal with. <laughs> that was my back-to-back. Yeah. But, um, yeah, let's, let's give it a week because I did enjoy the Bad Omens album. I didn't have any super concrete thoughts or heavy review on it. I was the same way. Um, but I think if we give it another week and kind of let it breathe and revisit it with clear minds, I think we'll give it a solid review. And I think that um, I think it'll be probably top 10, at least for us. Okay. We'll and see. I don't think it'll be hard to make top 10 this year unless, you know, the top. Unless that uh, worst product, our, August Burns Red, Architects, slip, well, something that is coming out with something. Uh, every time I die. Every and, time I die. Yeah, unless all those guys drop. Vanna comes back. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. So, yeah, I think yeah, I think that'd be a good call. Because, like I said, uh, I was going to put it on, but I'm like, I'm failing to find something that's. It, it, it's hard to force yourself to do a review um, if there's something you want to listen to. Yeah. Having to listen to something and wanting to listen to something are two very different things. Absolutely. And I think um, we should make that distinction. Absolutely. So, so uh, quick question. You're going to see um, North Lane at the bottom lunch? I, I want to. I think it's a Saturday. Yeah, it's I, Saturday night. I think They're I'm playing with Currents and Era. Era. Yeah, that should, be, that should be a good show. That's going to be nasty. I might have to go see that. I don't know. It's I know this is going to a couple of weeks. Maybe. Maybe. I'm sure it won't be that expensive. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to try to make that trip. We'll see. Love the bottom lounge. Absolutely. One of my favorite favorite venue in the city. We're not going to get into that. All right. Uh, speaking of albums or bands that I'm watching closely this year, mm-hmm. Dayseeker came out with a new single or released some album work, uh, some merch, which we'll talk about in a second. But they released a song called Sleep Talk. Have you heard this? Yeah, it's really good. You, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Dayseeker. Cool. Dayseeker. Dayseeker. Where did you come from? Where did you go, Dayseeker? Yeah. Um, I'm kind of curious because I don't think... 
we really talked to about them prior to last year's Warp Tour. It was kind of like leading up. I was like, oh, let's check out some of these bands. It's like, oh, Dayseeker's pretty good. We saw them live, and we were like, wow, they're really good. Yeah. And, you know, they got snubbed at our Warp Tour, whatever, different story, different time. Um, and now they're kind of uh, up and coming, man. Yes. It really feels like we're kind of right before they blow up. Yeah. Uh, so the song called Sleep Talk. Now, uh, for those who may not be familiar with Dayseeker or who may not be familiar with my tendencies. My, yeah. Well, my tendencies, I think people would hear Dayseeker be like, not nah, Jacob, right? Because just come as some of the delivery, uh, some of the things that I... It's not the most brutal thing on the yeah, face of the earth. That I give bands shit for. You I, give other bands pass on I it. give some bands a pass on it. Now, because Dayseeker, to me, has an exceptional vocalist. Kind of on the opposite of what I said about uh, Marcus from Northlane, where he didn't have to show it off. This kid feels the need to show off his chops every opportunity he gets. And I'm okay with that. You know it, I mean? it, it kind of works with the style and structure of Sleep Talk and the couple of songs off their previous album. Yeah, It doesn't feel like they sat down and said, okay, uh, this is where Oh Boy is going to do some crazy falsetto shit. Yeah. It feels natural in a sense. And the delivery is there, like you said. And if you have a great voice, why not show it off? Right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the song is, it starts off kind of slower. Um, it kind of has like kind of these more slower droning kind of uh, verse, which is cool. And then it punches you right in the face with a fucking kick ass chorus showing off his talent, showing off his ability. Uh, I saw the, watched the music video for this thing and it's aesthetically pleasing. It is my aesthetic. It's your aesthetic too. We talked about that. Um, and it's just a good song, man. It sounds good. Uh, it's just like a song from the album that we've heard outside of Crooked Soul or Crooked Young. Which one is it? Crooked Soul. Because Crooked Young is the other. Bring me the right. Yeah, it's the other band. Um, but <laughs> it's the other band we don't talk about. Yeah, anymore. Um, so second song in, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I think it could crack some list as well this this year. Now with that, they like I said, they dropped album artwork, which is phenomenal. Absolutely beautiful. They're a band um, who takes great care in their kind of presentation. Yeah. Not necessarily the album itself, but their merch line and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'd say their merch is as cool. And as nice as Silent Planet's merch. Yeah. Because Silent Planet has flawless merchandise. Yeah. My Stranger Things shirt came in. The Silent Planet Stranger Things thing. Stupid soft. Yeah. Yeah. That (laughs) thing is really soft. Yeah. So um, they released a line of stuff that I'm like, I kind of want all of it. (laughs) It all looks really good. (laughs) To be honest. uh, And I'm trying to convince my wife to let me give all of it. (laughs) Oh, you bought the flag, right? I'm going to buy the flag. The flag is going to get done. I'm going to wear I might hang it up above my desk. That's Um, not a good idea. Yeah. Because... The first album, the artwork for the first single, I'm like, I love that. The girl with the disco ball. I fucking love it. Oh, my God. I want it so bad. Uh, and then the new album, where it's like a bathtub kind of with the neon blue. And oh, my God. So sick. Um, it's good stuff, man. And I'm looking forward to this because I think this will be in the mix. This will definitely be in the mix through, by the end of the year as far as like my albums of the year. So it's good stuff, man. Good stuff. A little piece of bonus news. Um, I know you're not too big into them. I, I quite enjoy them. See Space Cowboy is doing another album, dropping September 27th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means if you're going to go see Knock Loose, you're going to get um, essentially two new albums on the same tour because they're doing their album. Yeah, they're doing their album tour. And then See Space Cowboy is the first band opening up for everybody. So they're coming out with new stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think I told you when uh, when I went to go see them at the Sub T, fun, fun fact, I guess, right? Always leads back to the Sub T. Um, you know, people are like, dude, another song. And they're like, that's all we have written. And I just thought that shit was hilarious. But yeah, like I said, I know you're not too big on them. I just thought I'd throw it out there because I do support what they're out there doing. And uh, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Absolutely. So with that being said, Gabe, you got anything else? 
Mm, I think that's 127, buddy. Yeah, that was episode 127 of the Second City Kids podcast. I thought it was pretty good. I thought we had fun. Yeah, man, we had a nice review. Uh, yeah, we had some good stuff going. So uh, if you haven't checked it out, any of those things we talked about, definitely check them out, especially the Alien Alien album uh, by Northlane. Check that you, shit you out. You love your space-themed albums. Huh? I do. Uh, so check that shit out immediately. But other than that, we will see you here back next week for episode 128. And until next time, signing out for Jacob and Gabe. Deuces. Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, deuces. Deuces.